Hi, this is Max. Um, just a quick editor's note. This episode is by far um, our longest we've ever made, but it's also one of my favorites. It wasn't intended to be this long. It just kept going, and the conversation just continued. So thank you for choosing to listen to it and for continuing to pray for us and to give us feedback on how we can keep improving the show. Okay, my name is Max. I am the media coordinator here at Bloomingdale, and you are listening to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. everyone, and welcome to the Bloomingdale Church Podcast. My name is Max Terman. I'm your moderator, and I am joined this week by Esposo de la Pastora, Dan Marcello. <laughs> Hola. <laughs> by uh, youth intern, Mickey Lang. What's going on? And our special guest for the week, Curtis Washington. How are you? This is the first time that everyone on the show has had a beard. Oh. And the oh, listeners don't get to benefit from that, needle. but I do. So nice. thank you all for coming. Yeah. We came <laughs> and for here. growing we our did. beards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was kind of worried that you might be clean shaven again, Dan. No, no. Uh, Curtis, would you uh, open us in prayer? Sure, will. Father, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. May we speak what's on our hearts, our minds, and represent you in a way that is just. May we also be understanding of what others are going through. Mm-hmm. And we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to have this platform. And we ask for your guidance as we speak and as we pray. Amen. 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 Mickey? Yeah. Would you bring us a would you rather question? Yeah. (laughs) Would you rather be stranded on an island for two years with 20 friends of your choice or with a group of 20 famous people of your choosing? What kind of an island is it? Did it say? Uh, It just says island, small i. Okay. So it's not like a desert island or anything like that. I'm Correct. not endangering my friends by bringing them along. <laughs> 20 friends is a lot of that's friends. A lot. That's, that's a lot of a people. Lot. I'd go 20 friends. What am I going to do with 20 famous people on an exactly. island? They're not going to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> be like, who oh, are yeah. you? I guess that's true. I don't know if I have 20 friends, though. <laughs> yeah, you do. Uh, I don't know if I have 20, 20 people I would consider friends or Got it. acquaintances. Got it. They think I'm their friend. That, that might be true. <laughs> <laughs> I would choose friends over the famous people would probably just hang out the 19 of them and be like, like Curtis said, like, who are you? Like, right. I feel like I would be on the outs. Do we get to choose the famous people? Yeah, you do. Can they, are they alive? Alive or dead? <laughs> right. Like, I was about Jesus. to say. Jesus. Yeah. There you go. He could be to 20 and Jesus one. is a friend of mine and I would bring him to the island. There you go. <laughs> Curtis? Definitely friends. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get enough time to be with 20 of my True. Good friends, so I would take True. that opportunity and use it wisely. Mickey, did you choose? Uh, I would choose famous people. I mean, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> Why did we even ask? I mean, yeah, the famous people, one, you could have famous friends at the end of it, right? Uh, okay. True. Okay. And then, uh, two, you could have some pretty crazy stories about these famous people, too. That's true. My, right it's, in your it's two years so my only concern about the friends thing is like if it's just me and twenty of my friends on an island for two years, like will we start to hate each other? Yeah. See, with famous people, you start at ground zero, <laughs> and, you work your and then you can reach the peak, <laughs> and it doesn't <laughs> matter if it doesn't true. work. Yeah, that's right. It's not gonna ruin your uh, ruin your. Mickey, friendship. who is one famous person you'd take yeah. off the top uh, of your head? Uh, just for kicks, Tom Cruise. Because <laughs> that guy is nuts. I, He'll do his I mean, his movies are he's good, incredible. but I mean, based on his interviews, that guy, he's 
He's got beliefs. some ideas. Yeah. He's no longer a Scientologist, I thought. Really? Oh, wow. I didn't hear that. Didn't know that. Oh, gosh, I hope that's true. Me too. I think I heard that. I mean, I hope it's true just because of the weird things I've heard about Scientology. Yes, for sure. But, I mean, that might tame him down a little bit. Maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll switch. That or it unleashes him and he gets even more insane. Um, before we get into the topic of the week, it's time for How's It Going? The part of the show uh, where we get updates on life. Um, the state of Illinois has officially moved into phase three of reopening. Gatherings of 10 or fewer people are now permitted. Restaurant patios, mini golf places, and most importantly, barbershops have now opened back up again. Uh, and we don't spend a lot of time on the show talking about the virus, and that's kind of on purpose. Um, but it's good to check in every once in a while uh, to get a chance to reflect um, and Curtis, Mickey, and Dan, you all have children slash grandchildren at home. Mm-hmm. How's it going? Oh, well, Disney Plus is a good friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix is a pretty good friend too. But uh, I've heard one. I heard one guy say that his children are the joy of his life and the frustration of his life mm-hmm. at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's nice to be around them more than I would be typically. But at the same time, I'm around them more. Than sometimes I want to be. Um, it's been fun, interesting. Um, get to see a little bit more of uh, Joe in school. He's mm. uh, got some. Uh, that's my grandson, by the way. Um, he's got some goals to reach where he wants to be in all honors. Sure. And he's done a really good thing this year by doing that by getting in math and mm. reading honors. And right now he's working on sixth grade math, and he just left fifth grade and. He's killing it, but it's fun because I'm able to work out with him. We, oh, wow. we, we, we're gym heads, but um, without the gym being open, I've been very creative, turned my backyard into an obstacle course. Um, we walk our dog about three times a day, um, and we just we just hang out, watch. I'm, I'm with the Disney Plus and the Hulu, and he does play the game. Mm-hmm. We give him a couple hours a day. Sometimes I look, and it's like three hours, and I'm like, okay, that's not – so good. Get off the game, you know. But it's been very fun. Sure. And uh, I work with my wife all the time anyway, so it's been uh, been about regular with her. But it's fun to have him around. Dan? Yeah, it's been it's good. I'm glad that school's over now. I'm the whole, doing school. I felt like I was in a role of answering questions that I didn't really understand, mm-hmm. or like having Tell to become a quickly familiar on weather patterns and hurricanes and <laughs> lots of other things to be able to help and keep. A child motivated yeah. over a long stretch where it can be demotivating to sit in front of a screen and your teacher's like do this assignment and there's no interaction with other students and it can just be dull hmm. so trying to that was kind of that was not taxing but just maybe a little tiring of like okay can't wait till school's over and that's been a lot better since that's been over and i feel like my daughter is enjoying just being nothing to do hmm. so that's and i'm enjoying not having to answer math questions and right <laughs> it's nice that she's off yes. school yes <laughs> Does, like, Dad, can you help me with this? Like, I'm happy to help, but I don't question. know if I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I can I? <laughs> Will you teach me first? <laughs> does uh, does it change anything about your relationship to like be with each other so much more, or does it is it just more of the same relationship? I feel like in my family, like my daughter really values quality time, so for her, it's just super special. Like to have more time with, and maybe that comes from her upbringing, not having parents for the first five years of her life, but being at Norfin, like she really enjoys it. And so she, like we enjoyed it too, uh, but she is just particularly, like it really, I think, built more bonds for her to have more time with us. I think we ask her, do you wish you were in school? Like, no, I like being home. I like not having drama with other kids. I like, 
Like, do you prefer parent drama then? <laughs> yeah, that's much better. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's been it's been good for us. Outside of the math questions, right? Yeah, I think um, specifically for Adrian, uh, it's kind of rough on him because uh, both Morgan and I are trying to do a lot of work for for the church, and so we switch places every once in a while, and or we're at home and on the laptop, and he's like, I see you guys, and why can't you play all the time? And, mm. and so it's like, sorry, buddy. Well, okay, well, this is our schedule, and this is what we can do, and we've got Saturday coming, so sure. it's going to be an awesome Saturday. So it kind of makes you not like the bad guy, but like all of a sudden you have to enforce your schedule instead of like physical separation enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's easy to get caught up in just the little texts or emails that you get, and you're like, oh, I should answer this right away when uh, when Adrian will be standing right there. Hey, I thought we were playing Spider-Man yeah. and Batman, or mm-hmm. I thought we were building Legos. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, you definitely have to make that that separation and distinction between work time and, and fun time. I agree. I feel like I'm hitting on what Dan was saying about the, the school part of it. Never thought I'd be sitting in my living room trying to figure out equations, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I'm sitting there and I'm going through the internet and they don't even mm-hmm. give you the answers because <laughs> you, have to do the, you have to do the mind work. But then to see him figure it out in front of me and I'm like, oh my Lord, you know, that's incredible. How do you even know that, you mm-hmm. know? So I'm actually getting a lesson. You know, he's teaching me sixth grade math all over again, which is like, I never thought I'd have to deal with it again, but <laughs> it's there right in front of me. And it's it's become it's become a little bit more of a better bonding, even though we've always been close. Mm-hmm. It's on a, a different level now. Mm-hmm. But uh hitting on the school thing, he's for years wanted to be homeschooled, mm-hmm. you know, with all the stuff that's gone on previously. And he wanted to be mm-hmm. homeschooled and he said, I want to go back to school. <laughs> we were like, really? This is awesome. My wife and I were like, okay, let's hope for that. You know, because it he's very hyperactive mm-hmm. and to sit him in a chair and make him sit for two to three hours a day. And he's in summer school now, so he's sure. he's doing the three hours of summer school, which is only two hours, but we push it to three okay. to keep the time more into him. And so it's uh, it's been very interesting. Sure. I'm glad this didn't happen when my kid was in, like, 11th grade, like doing <laughs> oh. physics or something. Like, I'm really glad. See, I thought, I thought the opposite, but I guess that's true with the helping with I homework no and stuff like, right. that. I was like Like, let's get a tutor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been uh, very lucky to not. I mean, it's not. It's bad to be like I'm lucky to not have kids. Um, but like in the lockdown, I worry about me and mm-hmm. I worry about Daniel Wright, my roommate, and we never have any problems because Daniel Wright's the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, I admire you guys. Um, let's get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week this week is brought to us by Virtual Day Camp. Bloomingdale Church has offered this free annual day camp to 400-plus children for four decades, and this year is no different. Join us June 22nd through 26th on Facebook Live at 9 a.m. for skits, stories, and songs, as well as at 6 p.m. each evening on Zoom for a family discipleship time, one of which is led by our own Dan Marcello. Uh, Register at bloomingdalechurch.org slash daycamp to get added to the official Facebook group, and don't forget to pick up your craft kits for the week, as well as daycamp yard signs in the portico. Uh, virtual day camp, June 22nd through 26th at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live and 6 p.m. on Zoom. Visit bloomingdalechurch.org slash daycamp to learn more. Um, I consider the most important parts of our discussions on the show context. 
Um, I love picking the brains of Dan and Scott and Bill and all the guests that we have. Um, and I think establishing a sense of context is super important. I think this whole conversation today might just be context. <laughs> um, and that might, I, that could actually just be my biggest goal. Um, it's June, uh, June 11th. Um, my mom's birthday. I led, <laughs> Happy birthday, Happy mom. Happy birthday. I, I led uh, the prayer in the staff meeting yesterday, and I wrote at the top of the document that I shared with the whole staff, June 6th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually June 11th. Um, you missed a week there. I know. A week I, of your life is gone. It feels like it. Um, on May 25th, a black man named George Floyd died in Minnesota after a police officer knelt on his neck for several minutes in the middle of the day during an arrest, um, all of it filmed by bystanders. Uh, on the sidewalk. Um, and I know our listeners are definitely aware of this and we're all aware of this. Um, and repeating it for context can seem redundant, um, but this is not new. This is not a new conversation. Um, and, and more than just being a crime, the death of George Floyd and, and of Ahmed Arbery a couple months before mm. um, has brought back into focus this long-standing tension surrounding the experience of millions of black people in this country um, and about the idea of dehumanization that can come along with it. Um, and this show is fundamentally about glorifying God by talking about how we see him working in us in the world around us um, and celebrating who he is. Uh, and I want us to do that today um, by listening and asking questions and learning how to ask questions. Um, I'm not afraid to say that writing my notes for the show, easily the hardest show I've ever had to write notes for because I just don't even know what questions to ask. Um, so uh, I will ask the questions that I have prepared. And I would also love if you guys have questions for each other. I want to encourage that crosstalk as well. But as we've established, each of you has has kids at home, whether it's grandkids or, or children. I want to start out by asking, what have the conversations in the last few weeks with friends, with friends who have come to you, with family members, with children, like what have those been like in the last two weeks, talking about the protests, talking about violence talking about the experience of of being black in america i feel like there's just a lot of polarization i feel i feel like the news the news uh companies were feeling a little bit stale with coronavirus and mm -hmm. so the situations that have arisen with uh george floyd and other situations is it's like it's fresh meat mm -hmm. and so um it can be blown out of proportion and uh, it was definitely widespread in its uh, in, in its presentation, and then of course you've got uh, different different CEOs of different companies who have different opinions, and because they're in charge of what's going on, they get to show their opinions, and whoever's got the loudest voices sure. is going to be heard heard the most. So uh, I think the biggest thing is just polarization, and when you hear a loud voice that echoes the feelings that you're having. I mean, your voice is going to get louder too. I'd have to say, you know, watching it, you know, kind of what Mickey's saying, it's it's not it's not anything new. It's it's something that's been going on for a long time, um, almost to the point where it's it's, it's normal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's normal to watch TV. I mean, you live in Chicago. Every day you wake up. We got to the point where we were 15 minutes of the, the news in the morning every day for school, just so we could see the weather and some stuff. But I got to the point where I had to shut the TV off months ago before any of this mm -hmm. happened because mm -hmm. it's just death after death after death after death. And I think the part that is amazing is, like, why is it 
always the black people that mm-hmm. are being talked about dying on mm-hmm. TV, mm-hmm. especially for Chicago. Yeah. It's just a little too much. So when this came about, it was like, what's much different than what's been going on? The difference is, is probably like Mickey said, COVID's getting old and they wanted to, just the, the, media, the media has a way of controlling a lot of things that are going on in the world and to make it bigger, make it smaller, make it go away, make it stay, you know, it, it, it did intensify the situation. Mm. Um, it is a horrible situation, what mm. happened. And I don't want to discredit that. Yeah. But it's happened as we speak right now. You know, it's just not being filmed. It's not being blown up. We don't have every superstar in the world talking about it, you know. But the, the way I've dealt with it with Joe is like I've just sat him down mm. and explained to him what I can explain that's understandable to him. Um, he's a lot older than his years, so he asks the questions, you sure. know, why? And I go, well, why not? And he's like, well, I don't say why not. I just say it's this is this is life, mm. you know. Having black grandkids and having a biracial son, my biracial son's never had to deal with anything mm. like this. You know, we've kept him in an area where all his friends are of different races. So we never have him pick a side. My wife being white, um, we've never had to deal with anything like that. I have, mm-hmm. but you know, I was told as a young kid that, you know, you you have to work harder. You have to push further. You have to, because of my color. Mm-hmm. So I've always done that. I've always instilled that in my children. You know, push further, get harder. We have the better grades. I even do it to my grandson as we speak today, you know. Didn't have anything to do with the George... Floyd situation. Right. It was just the way I was raised. Yeah. But now it's like things are different. And it's a different conversation. Yeah. And it uh some days I don't know what to say. Just say don't I don't even turn on the news because it's a lot to see. And to see all the violence over the weekend, over the last weekend was really a lot to to show him. Right. You know, and he he asked a lot of questions. Why? Why are they destroying everything? And it's anger. You know, it's a lot of years of feeling that way and feeling avoided and um and I don't want to use privileged. I think privilege is everybody works hard, but it's obvious that certain things in this world are unfair. Mm. But as the Lord says, you know, bad things happen to good people and good things happen to to to, to bad people, you know, and that's just life, you know. What would you say is the biggest difference between the conversation that you have with Joe now and the conversation that I assume your father had with you mm-hmm. as a kid. Well, that's another funny one. My father was not in my life. Mm. I was raised by a single mom and my grandfather, which is kind of bizarre. I'm raising my grandson as we speak. Right. Um, my grandfather was incredible, but he was um, half Cherokee Indian, and um, he was a very strong-minded man, worked multiple jobs, had multiple homes. He worked hard to get what he wanted. That's all I saw, so that's all I did. He said, you have to work hard. You have to, you have to, you know, stand out. You have to be noticed to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I followed that example. And I, I tried to put that in my children's life. But with Joe, it's a different world. You know, we kind of give them what they want. And we help them, you mm-hmm. know, not give them. He still has to work hard. Yeah. But we, it's not as hard as it was for me growing up as it is for him. We're able to provide things, you know, a little bit easier. But looking at this tension that we have now, I definitely want him to know that, you know, as a black kid in America, even though you have blue eyes because you're 
some, you know, my grandfather had blue eyes, so sure. it's hereditary, but had nothing to do with him being a biracial kid. He's 100% African-American, um, that you'll still have struggles and um, you still have to push hard, but now the conversation's changed right. because it's, times are different now, you know, and it's, it's just a difficult conversation. It's going to be one that's going to be going on for a while, you know, because I don't know what this is going to transpire into. Mm-hmm. You know, this is for now. But what's the new flavor in the next month? You know, what's going to change? You know, we're, we're constantly rotating. You know, media is constantly showing something, you know, that's provocative or, you know, enticing to our eyes, and it just changes the world. I have a question for you guys, for Mickey and Curtis. I've seen, talk about media and companies and things, I've seen a lot of companies in the last couple of weeks, you know, have plans and then they postpone them and say, well, like, out of respect for, you know, the black community, I have respect for George Floyd. How does that ring to you? Is that ring hollow of marketing or is that sincere? I was kind of wondering about that. And is that, is that, is that like resound in your heart? Or is that kind of like, ah, they're just, they're just in it for money? I'd say it's kind of both. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a pendulum that's going to swing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely probably at the peak of, of one swing where everybody's really sensitive mm-hmm. to what's going on. And but at the same time, companies are companies. They're going to try and get their money's worth out of what's going on in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, take it in the hope that people understand it the right way and understand um, just that there is there's a problem and that problems need to be solved. And this is one way that companies are approaching it. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like... Um... It's, it's, it's double-sided, you know. It, it needs to be done. Um, I'm, I'm glad that companies are taking notice. As a black man, it sometimes makes you feel uncomfortable because it's like, why now? Um, but we know why now. Right. You know, it has to be done. And, I, and I, you know, it, being a Christian, I never look at color. I just look at my brothers and go, I love you, and I'll do anything for you. Hmm. So it doesn't, it's a little bit different for me and then having a, a Caucasian wife, it's like, this is my best friend. I don't want any harm to come to her. So when I stand in front of a black person and they're looking at me in that kind of direction, I'm like, hey, this is my life partner. And I'm going to defend her overall first. You know, my love for her is deeper than any other problem. You know, but as a Christian, it puts me out there and says that I got to love every color, every race, for even if they're persecuting me. My job is to love first, like Jesus did. I want to get to both Mickey and Dan on. I don't know who to go for first, but <laughs> I will say um, we'll just stare each other down to the person. Whoever wins. But I have different questions for you because Mickey, I want to ask you that same question of how similar and how has it changed the conversation that you have with your son versus what you heard, mm. and Dan, mm-hmm. as part of that adoption process, I'm sure that you had to think to yourself, I'm going to have to explain to mm. a lot of people in my life, mm-hmm. and then my daughter is going to explain to her friends at school why her parents are mm. white. Yeah, we in Mexico, we get some looks. Sure. Especially my wife, because she's very, very light-skinned, so. Or <laughs> I could kind of pass for somewhat of a Latin American yes. person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Mexico, I mean, granted, we, look, we don't look like her, and she gets some questions, she was very open about saying, like, hey, I'm adopted, and I love my parents, and this is my family. She was very mm. quick to, to say that, and so it doesn't really, we didn't really need to talk about it too much there, but I feel like here we had to have a lot of conversations with her before she came 
about like the diversity and like multicultural nature of America that you're going to see people with different skin colors and different outfits, and this is why. And so that so that she wasn't surprised or said something inappropriate on accident that she didn't know was inappropriate. But <laughs> right. you know, out of the mouths of kids come very interesting things sometimes. <laughs> but it, it's been interesting with her to have conversations in the last few weeks mm-hmm. of saying you may experience this is what's going on in the world. This is really hard. This is difficult. And her response to things like racism is, are you serious? This exists out there? Like from the mouth of an innocent child, just couldn't believe like, this is what the Bible teaches me. This is what happens in the world for real. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it's been helpful to talk to her about things she might experience one day being a, a Mexican American. Adrian uh, in the past has, uh, he's seen the difference. He, he says, my wife's skin is bright and his skin is brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's awesome because uh, my daughter's skin is bright too, um, and so uh, there have been times where we've had conversations with him uh, when he's like, "I wish my skin was bright mm. like mommy's," and it's not it's not a racial thing. Mm-hmm. It's because he's trying to identify with his mom a little more, mm-hmm. um, and we're like, "No, your skin's beautiful. Mm-hmm. This is how God's created you." It's a wonderful thing to see, and and I think he recognizes that pretty well. And, uh, I mean, he was also born overseas, so he saw uh, just a vast mix of different ethnicities um, when he was growing up. He was uh, passed around like a toy. and uh, Yes, and he was. By, <laughs> by Philippine, Filipina women, and uh, mm-hmm. um, they would walk him around restaurants if they were our server. Um, <laughs> we had Caucasian neighbors who um, would babysit him, and uh, we mm-hmm. saw... We saw Indians on a regular basis while he was growing up. And, and so he's just been exposed to, yeah. uh, like, the whole rainbow of color, sure. really. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, our concern is more, like, how are people going to treat him and how is he going to respond? And so lately it's been more uh, sit back and see how he responds and then address how he responds and try to understand where that's coming from. Um, at this stage, he's he kind of just loves everybody. He's such yeah. a ridiculous extrovert that <laughs> people will walk by our house and he's like, hey, I need to go talk to them real quick. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it is. We can have some strange person walking across our lawn and he's like, oh, who's that person? I bet they want to have a conversation. I think my, fam- my family just passed by today and he was like, hey, want to play? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he wants to tell you all about dinosaurs. Like mm-hmm. uh, At this point, he hasn't really... He hasn't really encountered any anything that would say, like, you're less than because of the way you look. Mm. Um, I would say in my childhood, I can only think of one experience where the difference in my skin tone was pointed out in a negative fashion. Uh, I grew up in a neighborhood that was primarily Hispanic and went to, well, for a majority of my elementary years, I went to a school that was lower income. And we just had, across the board, we had white, we had Hispanic, we had Asian. Um, actually, very few black people, though. Um, so my church was also primarily white. Um, so I, I just always grew up knowing that I, I got a better tan in the summer than, than most people around me. Um, but yeah, my parents never really addressed it too much. Uh, I know they received some hate mail early on in their relationship, but they, they kept it from us. They tried to make sure we were sheltered from any form of hatred. In or, their marriage or in their... 
Uh, in their marriage, yeah, yeah, in their their romantic relationship. Um, but yeah, so we never really had too many conversations about it. My brothers and sister and I, we uh, we kind of felt our way through it as we grew up. We embraced being both white and black. Um, we would make our white friends feel uncomfortable. The police would roll by in a park, and we'd take off running just to make them feel com- uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like we would we would translate. Um, for our black friends to our white friends, like, what are they saying? And it's like, well, let me tell you. <laughs> and it would make everybody feel uncomfortable. And we, sure. we just enjoyed that tension there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we had too many negative, hmm. negative experiences growing up. And so at this point, I'm, I'm just trying to lead while watching for Adrian mm-hmm. and Emery um, just to see where they go in their headspace when they have different interactions. And the nice thing about Adrian, I imagine, is that he'll tell you where he's going in his headspace. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he mm-hmm. he will monologue for hours. I know he's held you up, Max, a couple of times <laughs> at it. your door <laughs> while he's just telling you everything that pops into his head. So, yeah. Um, is Joe the same way, Curtis? Does he Will he let you in his head yes. without you asking? Yes. Or does it he's, kind of... He, we have a very good relationship. I'm like, anything that you want to talk about, and sure. he's very good at, talking sure you met me right okay. um, <laughs> but he he does he and and for him he doesn't he never has looked at his grandmother as being white he never just just never never even asked a question and never looks at dan or well he's scared of dan for years because of the beard yeah. <laughs> and, and he was a little baby yeah. he didn't like facial hair he didn't like before facial he hair went to mexico yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, we've known yeah. joe since he was in the nursery like yeah. a couple months old yes. oh, wow. yeah <laughs> so it's like but he never, and, and probably 99% of his friends are white. And sure. never, ever, he just loves everybody and they just love him. You know, he's, here's the funny tale. He's that black kid that's on every team. You know, that black sure. kid that's in, in a group of the white kids. And we've never made, because, you know, I'm, I'm one of those black guys. I have a lot of white friends. And it's not, it's just my surroundings. It's where, the way I, I live, where I'm at. And I'm not going to apologize for that. But I do, we don't even talk about it. And um, I'm like, kind of like with Mickey, I'm just filling it through as it comes. Um, if he asks a question, I'm going to give him the best answer I can, or my wife and I will sit down and have that conversation with him. Um, but right now, with this going on, he, he hasn't really asked. He kind of knows, but he's, we keep him busy. He can be a 10-year-old boy. Yeah, and be free to be a 10-year-old yeah. boy, for sure. How many countries have you lived in, Mickey? Uh, just two. Just two. Yeah, the United States and the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Um, but we did a fair amount of traveling, and the Emirates, I would say, I'd say it's almost more of a melting pot than a than America is, mm-hmm. um, just because they bring in expats from all oh, over sure, yeah. to yeah. to work the jobs that um, that are just not not really something that they want to do. Um, yeah, 10% of the population of the Emirates is the national population, and the other 90% is expatriate. Wow. So you yeah. just see people from all all sorts of places. Sure. Did living overseas change anything about the way that you looked at race in America? Like, did it alter things at all? I don't think so. I mean, you grow up 
in America, hearing that America is the melting pot. Sure. Um, I did see that America is m- closer towards a, a tossed salad <laughs> than a melting pot, yeah, yeah. Um, just because the Emirates was more so. Mm. But I've always been curious about other cultures and yeah. and uh, tried to be understanding about why things are the way they are. And also realizing that uh, uh, I have my own biases that have been instilled in me because of where I've grown up and the influences in my life. And everybody else has those as well. And so there are going to be things I just don't understand. And I just need to be careful not to be judgmental about those differences. Mm -hmm. I can echo that living in another country. Didn't really think about the biases that I had, just even from the news media saying like, well, like not that like Mexicans or Latin Americans, you know, they come here and they want the jobs that like people don't want, for lack of a better way to say it. And but I just met so many intelligent, smart, hardworking people in Mexico that were so much smarter than I am. Lawyers, doctors, and like in our church, there was like you know, people working for multinational corporations. It's like it just when I arrived didn't expect that. Just I guess based on the things that you hear hmm. here in America hmm. about people in those in countries like that. But my my mold was completely broken. I always have one question that's a little off the wall. <clears throat> so I'm just going, one. I'm gonna. <laughs> I always have at least one, and then if I think of more on the spot. Um, so uh, if you could leave a message in a bottle, if you could record right now a message in a bottle when I inevitably make my child listen to these um, in <laughs> ten years or whatever, um, for when. Adrian turns 18, um, or when Joe turns 18, what would you want them to know about what's happening right now? Like, what would you want them to know about the way the world tastes right now? Mm. I think I would, I just want to give examples of when, uh, or how this isn't new. Like, this this has happened throughout history. I mean, from the very beginning, uh, you've got a brother who hates another brother because he does something differently, and he kills him for it. And it's like those the first pages of of our human history, right? And yeah. and so I mean, the thing I try to go back to is is the Bible and the story that has been laid out for us, where we as humans continually screw up the good things that have been given to us. Mm-hmm. And I think racial diversity is one of those good things that has been given to us mm-hmm. because we're going to see things in different ways. Even thinking of like the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel, they're able to do amazing things and they rely on themselves instead of relying on God, which is what their sin is. Um, but God says they're going to be able to do anything. And I think if we came together and were able to understand that our differences are, are what make us the pinnacle of creation, mm-hmm. um, of God's creation, um, that when we start to see that, we're going to be able to do great things and overcome these things that even the the evil powers that be throw at us. Mickey took everything. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree with him. I, that was a very good story um, about how they all spoke the same languages and then all of a sudden it changed. And mm-hmm. that was, even before that, discrimination and racism wasn't, wasn't really noticed right. until after that. And then, you know, even though history had a lot of bad in it and biblical mm-hmm. history, if you look at biblical history, it's, it's always been like this, you know, some way, somehow the Romans over the Jews or whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. you, there's always been a battle, but I'd like to living in this time right now, if I were to leave him anything, it would be that, you know, love everybody, 
like they're a white piece of paper or a black piece of paper, whatever way you want to say it, you know, because if you don't look at how he looks or how he looks and you put your hands over your face, you'll never know who you're mm -hmm. talking to. But it will definitely make you work with your heart and not with what your mind can do. Because once I look at you, I'm looking at you having glasses on and graying your beard and you having reddish hair and you having a green shirt on. But you see, I just was able to figure yeah. that out. But if I do this, I'm just talking to a bunch of guys mm -hmm. hanging out at the table. And um, one of the big things for him being in sports is like your teammates yeah. is who you depend on, not the color of your teammates. Mm not the skill of your teammates. You're mm. getting the hand dealt to you. Mm. So you being the catcher, being the boss on the team, you have to make sure everybody's in line. So you lead by example, not by what they look like. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell them that, you know, you're, you're a leader. So when you're a leader, you don't look at color. You just look at leading and you do it from your heart. And then you'll never have any, any question after that. You know, you won't care what that person looks like or, what his performance is, you're leading by example. Yeah, I think uh, you hit it really well, Curtis, in saying like you're dealt the hand. Like you mm -hmm. don't get to choose who you get to get to get to be with and who you get to interact with uh, a vast majority of the time. Um, going back to our "Would you rather" question, <laughs> <laughs> my 20 famous people. I think one of them would be Bruce Lee if I could bring him oh, back. From the just watch that Sunday. Oh, get off man. the subject. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm sure he wasn't the first person to say it, but uh, when he was talking about um, his philosophy with uh, how he interacted with people and martial arts. Hmm. And he said, you want to be like water, um, which adapts to whatever container it's put into. Hmm. Like, I think as Christians, we can, we can apply that as well. Hmm. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, maybe COVID-20 comes along and is utterly worse than COVID-19, we mm. still need to behave as if we're children of God. Mm. And that's a choice that I would tell Adrian that he needs to make. Mm. Are you going to behave as a child of God who has been commanded to love others after he loves God? Or are you going to behave like uh, the rest of the world who's on TV, who has decided that people aren't created in the image of God and therefore they're less than? I, I love the... Amazingly, I don't think I've ever heard the statement like uh, diversity is a gift. Mm. Like the idea of God giving that to a group of people as a gift and like, man, you can really blow that gift. Mm. Yep. <laughs> like with all other gifts that we receive from God, like you can use it yep. the way that you want to uh, and you can give in to, to evil um, or you can use it the way that God designed it to be used and to glorify him and to further his kingdom. We've touched on this a bunch, and I, I want to give us, you know, one chance if, if just to clear up any corners that you didn't feel like you got to of how does Jesus inform our understanding of, of what it means to be a, a diverse country and, and hopefully a, a diverse community and hopefully a diverse church. Like, how does Jesus inform the way that we understand that, that gift? I think of God, I think of um, joy, you know, mm. in Jesus. Um, God is of no fear, you know. There's, there's, there's nothing attached to fear when it comes to God. So you can't be afraid to step out of your norm. And you can't be afraid to speak up as well because if you feel strong about something, you want to speak up for it. But you can't be fearful of what the outcome's going to be. 
because it's going to come, whatever you say, even this conversation right here, it could be taken in in all kinds of contexts. But God, when it comes to God, there's no fear. So you you have to step out in faith and not be fearful of what's coming and just have your reliability on God. You have to depend on God. It's tough. Oh, yeah. It seems like being afraid is like what we're supposed to be. (laughs) Exactly. Like, if I'm not afraid of you, I should be afraid of me. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thinking of Jesus in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well, Hmm. where he could have entered into easily the cultural, he could have even avoided going into Samaria. The Bible is very interesting. It says Jesus had to go through Samaria. He didn't actually have to. Most Jews at that time just skirted around the entire region because <laughs> there was this group of like, you know, people that were kind of mixed race, kind of the people who had lived there before and the, the Jewish people mixed with the people they had been kind of relocated, moved out, and then they came back. And those people, some of those people actually still live there to this day. But the, the Jews did not like hated the Samarians. The Bible says Jesus had to go had to accomplish the mission God had for him to talk to this woman and then even to talk to a woman at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, it was unheard of. But Jesus, that, that was like a, he just broke down all sorts of walls there. Hmm. Just really sets a good example for how we're supposed to be. I love the, the statement that Jesus had to go hmm. there. Like, even though geographically inaccurate, mm-hmm. it's like, no, like he had to go there yeah, to, to fulfill what he was supposed to do yeah, there. Because yeah. technically he didn't have to. He, he could have just followed the, they just, I mean, they went miles and miles out of their way, the Jewish people, to avoid even entering into the territory. Hmm. I want to be able to like, say that like i want to be able to be like have people say you don't have to go there it's like no i know that i do Mm -hmm. because that is what god is telling me to do that's where god's calling me to go Mm -hmm. that's beautiful i think one of the biggest things is we have to take into account the whole story yeah jesus hung out with these uh these jewish guys for a good good long while teaching them a lot of what he knew and and then sending them out and then even beyond that the disciples who were sent out outside of those 12, but still he interacted with the people who were hurting, the people who needed him, and it didn't matter uh, what they were like. Uh, yeah, the Samaritan woman, that, that would be wild to see that. Yeah. It's also crazy to see Jesus touching uh, a, a blind man who's sitting at the what was called a dung gate, the place where poop goes. <laughs> and he spits on the ground and picks up this poop dirt and puts it on his eyes. It on his eyes. <laughs> it's like, this is Jesus, the rabbi, who's supposed to know the law that this is dirty right. and you're going to have consequences from this. <laughs> yeah. And yet he's still here doing it because this man needs help. Mm. We tend to forget that. Mm. Like, yeah, Jesus was a Jew, but he was, he was a man who came to save the whole world. He didn't come to save the Jews only. Makes me think of the the touching the guy that had leprosy. Like yeah. most people would be like, got to stay away as far as possible yeah. from these people. Yes. They're going to get us sick. They're going to they're going to have their skin disease. But Jesus was like, touch him. Yeah. And you're well. you're going to be out of commission for what what was it like a week? Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to stay outside the camp for <laughs> for however long because yeah. you came into contact with them. It's like Jesus said, no, that's not the heart. Yeah, the heart is taking care of this pinnacle of creation, which is God's. Mm. There's a song that I uh, listened to by artist uh, Andy Minio, and it's, uh, it's, I can't remember the name of the song, but there's a part of it that says Lion, Tigers, and Bears. Oh, mine. He talks about how he goes out, and if he lived in the nice areas, the people in need would never hear the word. Hmm. So he basically lived in the worst part of New York so that he could 
be with the lion, tigers, and bears, which is the alcoholics, the gamblers, the prostitutes, the gangbangers, so that he could touch everyone. And I think about that statement and I go, you know, at this moment, it's hard to just jump out and rally, you know, because you're going to have all kinds of conflict. Sure. Someone's going to disagree or agree. But our platform as Christians, we could do it silent. We can do it a little bit less vile. You know, we can make the word be out there and touch people without necessarily touching them. And, um, you know, it, it, it opens up my eyes to just, just always love everyone equally, even though it's hard. I think it's easy to be afraid of, at least for me, I say, okay, well, by the time I reach somebody, by the time I make it, you know, through a crowd of people to the person, everybody is already going to have assumed things about me um, based on how I'm dressed and based yep. on my skin and based on yep. I drive a Prius like a dork. <laughs> like it's good gas mileage. That's terrific. <laughs> no uh, I don't regret it at all. Um, but, but like how often like Paul is a Jew going to the Gentiles and, and, and also going to the Jews and like how many presuppositions do they have about him when he wow. walks in and, yeah, and being who he was. And sometimes he gets stoned. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. he gets yes. beaten with rods. Yes. But like you think God doesn't know what mm-hmm. people assume about us when we're on our way to serve him? Yep. Yeah. But he still tells us to do it because he yes. knows that he's bigger than us. He's stronger yep. than us. He's stronger than them and their stupid presuppositions. <laughs> Oh, man. And you never know who you're going to touch. Hmm. Even if you don't get a response right there, it could be something that yeah. can touch someone later at a later date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or who are you Who are you setting up exactly. you know, well, the in the next. future? Ten years exactly. from now, somebody's going to make good on that thing that, that started. Oh, man. Um, thank God that God exists out of time. Amen. That he doesn't have the same restrictions we do when it comes to his plans. Well, let's end by, by glorifying God. Um, how can or how has God redeemed suffering in this country from, from discrimination, from protests that are going on right now for the, the outrage and the pain? Like, how can God redeem that? How have you seen God redeem it? On small scale, on, on large scale, it doesn't matter. Like, God works on all of those. I've been uh, conversing with one guy and... He just, he's really raw from it all. Mm. Um, and it's allowing him, well, in, in conjunction with the quarantine, it's allowing him to wrestle with these unresolved thoughts and pains that he's had before. So like just being able to see and understand where you're at and why you're there, I think is a bit of redemption. To see the pain and suffering that's going on in the world and being highlighted uh, allows you to look at your own life and either be grateful that you haven't gone through it or be able to resonate with that pain and to know that, to eventually know that God can redeem all of this, that he is bigger than all of this, and that as much power as we think we have, uh, it's nothing. We can't, we can't affect true change without uh, God on our side. True. And I mean, some people would take that as a frustration, but I take that as a blessing because <laughs> whatever we change to without yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, I see, I see the paths that I would take on my own without having a solid foundation underneath me. And I, I would just be sinking and failing and 
who who knows what kind of trouble I would be in without mm. without God directing my path. But yeah, so just being able to understand how little and how small we are on the grand scheme of things, I think that's a little bit of redemption. Mm. I'd have to agree in some of those ways. I um you know, I wake up every day, first thing I touch is the Bible. I mean, I read my Bible, I read my devotional, I, I don't even I'll tap my wife and that's it, you know, and you get the morning tap, like, hey, how you doing? But I, I have to have him in my mind. And then I got to be very mindful what I'm going to put on Facebook that day or on social media that I'm encouraging and not discouraging and that I'm giving him the glory. And these are my words, you know, and sometimes you get a little disappointed because you're like, oh, nobody really looked at it, but I know people are looking. Hmm. It's on there. It's on there for them to look. Somebody is looking. Someone needs that. Hmm. And in that, God is getting the glory. I have a lot of friends that are white, and I know it makes them feel uncomfortable to have this conversation with me. So I've made it where I've reached out to them, kind of to give them the path to relax. It's okay. I'm not, our friendship's not going to change. You didn't do this. It's not you. It's the world. The world is what it is. You know, we just have to try to make it a better place for all of us to get along and, and habitate in it because nobody has God. They're not going anywhere. So you can fight as much as you want to, but you need the Lord. You need the Lord. Yeah. That's right. I've been thinking, as we're, I don't know if this answers your question, Max, or not, but <laughs> just the importance and how God can speak to us and I suppose just turn the gaze inward sometimes and really reflect on, like I've been challenged on that of like, okay, I don't think I'm biased or have bad prejudices, but I, God, show me. Mm-hmm. Show me what's in my heart. Show me it's... It's easy to think, well, my daughter's from Mexico. I don't have any prejudices. Or, mm. But I'm sure that I do, I'm just by the very nature of I'm a f- sinful person. And so just asking God, Psalm 139, you know, test me, know me, show me, you know, my, my anxious thoughts lead. If there's any offensive way in me, show me, lead me in your everlasting way has been something that's God's been challenging me on the last month or so. To wrap up topic of the week, um, we're bringing back an old segment what I'm praying for, uh, the part of the show where we share what God has been putting on our hearts and our minds this week. Uh, listeners, if you, uh, we would love to read what you're praying for on the show, um, so you can send those to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. The question is simple. What have you been praying for this week? Peace for people to look beyond color hmm. and to uh, get to the root of the problem. I know that it looks like it's color, but it's, it's our our country has been in trouble for a long time and it's beyond it's beyond that you know it's it's we gotta do a lot of reform we gotta we gotta really dig deep and put the right people in office and we have to make sure that we have great leaders and even then we need the lord Mm -hmm. so i do pray for peace i pray for clarity pray for people to be able to open their hearts and to uh take hold of the lord yeah i mean recently uh I've been praying for my brother. He's uh, he's an unbeliever. He, I, I actually don't know if he was ever a believer, um, but he he walked away from our family with a lot of animosity towards any anything having to do with Christianity or God. Um, recently, he he graduated and I asked him what I could pray for, just stepping out on a limb, and he said a job. 
And like the week, the next week, he got a job that was really close to home, and he's like, "I don't know what you did, <laughs> but it worked." And, was, and so I've just been in conversation with him, and then uh, we've we've got two new babies on the way, so mm-hmm. that's been at the top of my mind. <laughs> just a little uh, bit, yeah. Just trying to get things sorted. We got a lot of things that are already just like we're good to go, but mm. there there are a few things like transportation and and uh, like diaper costs those are the things that we're most worried about and not not to mention that we're doubling our children so i mean that's a very i'm fully i'm fully aware that my sanity will be gone very shortly um but just i'm glad i got you now yeah. So that in like a month or well, no, in like six months he when you're back on, back in six months, <laughs> then we'll be able to see like how has Mickey fallen? Apart? Half my beard will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot to shave the other half. <laughs> Busy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then just just for our youth, really. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lack of uh, motivation I see to to reach out to their peers and. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to find the source of where that is, and I see so many different areas that can be improved. And as an idealistic, moody student who is sort of on staff at the church for like three-ish months, like I'm like I gotta change everything. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just being able to see where that is and and just even affect a little bit of change maybe a shift of focus or, or something, but um, just to be able to get the youth to know that God is a great God, a terrifying God, but a loving God. I've been praying for my niece this week. She's been having all sorts of health problems. Hmm. We've been praying to the Lord, crying out on her behalf, and to see it's been a, about a year battle of just bad health problems, and about 13 years old. And then just a lot of people in the church really struggling. They've been on my mind. People have lost jobs. They're just kind of, they've either been, been sick or getting better or just a lot of people discouraged. So mm. it's been praying for encouragement and for healing for some people, for provision for others. Just mm. a, lot of, a lot of tough stuff going on. I, I, uh, I haven't shared this story on the show. I'll tell a full story I, this is me promising I will tell the full story at some point because I'm in the middle of something that God has done. Um, and that I don't, I applied to a grad school program um, that I feel very strongly like God called me to. Um, and the circumstances of applying to it were insane. Uh, if I get in, um, the fact that I was allowed to apply, let alone the quality of my application, um, is entirely because of, of God's work. So I can tell you right now, I will tell that story because I don't know whether or not I'm going to get in. But either way, God's demonstrated his power. Um, and either way, he will be praised and he deserves the glory. Um, so glory to God if I get in and glory to God if I don't. And saying that I'm going to tell that story is kind of a way to hold myself accountable for that. <laughs> and to tell you right now. Um, Next week. That I hope I hope that even if I don't get in, I'll still be able to to genuinely say like, Glory to God. He's, mm-hmm. His ways are better than mine. Mm. Um, so I've been praying a lot about that. Every time I get an email, I kind of freak out, and then I'm like, that's just DoorDash sending me a coupon. <laughs> <laughs> $5 for free. Yeah, exactly. Um, so last week on the show, we closed uh, by talking about books of the Bible, um, and since half of the panel is new this week, uh, I want to revisit that topic submitted by Beth. Thank you, Beth. 
Uh, Curtis and Mickey, if you were stranded on an island and could only bring three books of the Bible, which ones would you bring? And you can't bring 20 friends. <laughs> right. I can answer that easy. You want it? No, go for okay. it. Proverbs, Hebrews, and uh, Psalms. Hebrews? Why Hebrews? Eleven <sighs> one. Uh, walk with faith, mm. not fear. Just that, that just sticks in my mind and ever since I wrote. That was a, my home, and Dan's seen it. I have a mm. prayer wall, and that was my first scripture. And mm. from that moment on, I just decided to write on my dining room wall scriptures. And there, this most wall of them is covered problem. with scriptures. Not that you over to take a look at, but it's uh, it's always been one that's stuck in my heart. Mm. And Psalms is Psalms, mm-hmm. you know, and pro, you know, like I said, Proverbs. I just it 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 got me through some tough times mm-hmm. and um it was my walk into Christ. Uh first one that pops into my head is Jeremiah. It's like the first couple chapters even, if I could only bring chapters. <laughs> uh, it just it shows me God's broken heart for his people. Mm. Which is such an important characteristic. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I mean yeah, I, I could go on for <laughs> for quite a while talking about how how God's heart is still broken for us. I'll write that down. Yeah, Hebrews is a good choice. Um, if you, need you guys to, can take the same books yes, of the Bible. If you okay, need I'll to stall, it's I, I know. I, <laughs> just, Curtis already took them. He's on a different <laughs> island. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you need to stall, Dan and I can reiterate what we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why, why don't we do that? Why don't we do uh, that? I'll go first. I had Ecclesiastes. Mm. Uh, that was the first... Um, Version. I'm just writing down a note. God's heart breaks for us. Mickey says he can talk a lot. Future podcast episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would love that. Um, Ecclesiastes is the first uh, book of the Bible that I read in the NLT. Uh, prior to that, it was completely impenetrable to me. My whole sophomore year of, of college, our president would give chapel messages on Ecclesiastes, and I like kind of could follow along. Um, there's a newsboy song that says, turn the page, can't turn the light out. Every word, every line carries to my soul. Dark letters on a page singing so loud. Where did I go wrong not to hear you? Uh, that was my experience reading Ecclesiastes in the middle, like a th- three in the morning. I couldn't sleep and I woke up and I read the whole thing. Wow. Um, that was the first time I read it and understood it. And that was like two years ago. Um, so Ecclesiastes is huge. Gospel of John, um, because I think that's it's like a safe, <laughs> it's a safe answer, but it's still beautiful. Um, and then second Corinthians, second Corinthians is also very significant to me, uh, especially in the last two years. I think I chose Psalms cause it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Just so varied, so rich. You got everything from like songs of praise to like kill your enemies, yeah. Lord <laughs> to help <laughs> just so much, so much good stuff in it. I think I, I chose John, but I want to change it to Luke. You can't. There's no take back. <laughs> I'm allowed right rule now. number two of the podcast is no take backs. We have five gonna, rules. We're going to edit that one. <laughs> I change it. I change it anyway. The Luke and Acts, because I just love the book of Acts and just the progression of seeing the church grow and the apostles just grow, come into their own and mm. bold, be bold and confident before their, the authorities. Mm. Just awesome stuff. All right. Time's up, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> Pencils down. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I thought the semester was over. <laughs> um, I think Genesis Ooh. is another one. Mm. Um, Why? It's, I don't know how to explain it. Okay. Um, well, I've been taking Hebrew mm-hmm. uh, for the past year, and we spent a lot of time in Genesis. Mm. Uh, and seeing the different nuances from the language 
that you just don't catch in the translations. Uh, Genesis is a powerful book, and there are just all these little intricacies where God's like, no, look at this. This is even more amazing. And this is more amazing. And this is how I worked here. And this is how I work in the heart of people. It's just, it's, it's a powerful book where God lays out, basically lays out his plan for mm-hmm. humanity and shows that he's not going to forsake his people. Mm-hmm. And I'm hesitant to not go with a New Testament book. It's true. Um, but I also really love numbers. Hmm. You are a mystery, yeah. Nikki Lang. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find the common thread there, but these are like my top ones. What do you love about numbers? Numbers. One of my professors described it. Well, we opened with studying numbers with, it was like 180-something deaths per day if you spread them out through the, the 40 years, um, which I was just utterly floored by, like 180-something funerals. Some some days more, some days less. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see God holding true to his covenants that he's made with the Israelites. Like, you've made a deal with me. You had the chance to say no, but you've agreed to it. And I love you, but there are consequences for not holding to the deal that you made. Mm-hmm. And that integrity that God expects is just a reminder, <clears throat> a reminder to me every day that like I've made this same deal. Mm. Um, yeah. Rule rule number what? Number two? No, no take backs. Take back. <laughs> <laughs> There's no take backs. God has accepted me into His family, and uh, I've agreed to that, and I need to live that way. Mm. Amen. I guess if I had a fourth one, though. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> Beth says that you cannot. Oh man. Don't blame me. Hey, Beth, Beth. Beth, I'm gonna be a rebel. The fourth one is Revelation. <laughs> oh God gosh. wins. Listeners, if you'd like to be part of the show, you can send questions, would you rathers, trivia quizzes, and your top three or four books of the Bible uh, <laughs> to podcast at bloomingdalechurch.org. That is all the time we have this week. Thank you, Mickey. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Max. Curtis, you, Max. if I said to you, take us home, what would you say to end the show? Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh my goodness. I want to do an episode about Jeremiah. I would love to have you back at some point too. Okay. Oh. Give me a buzz. That was fun. Thank you for inviting me. It's nice 100%. hanging out with you, brothers. Yeah. Get to see my brothers. Yes. <laughs> it's been too long. Yeah. It's, it's good to have a conversation yeah. that's not, hey, get off of that. <laughs> exactly. Put that exactly. down. Let's go. What is on your face? <laughs> How long you been on there? Is the bathroom door closed? <laughs> right. The whole conversation is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Please clean up your plate, Joe. <laughs> we, we have the Bible app for kids. Oh, and, yeah. Um, got and my, my phone has like, an hour and a half lifespan for the battery. And so we give it to him and then it's got built in like, limits. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, it went black again. I'm like, sorry. I guess your up. time's up. <laughs> That's a good timer. I'm not the one who tells you it's time. That's time. right. I'm not the bad guy. Yeah, Don't put it on the charge. You can you use it again say tomorrow. To you right now. <laughs>
Um, and the order I'm going to go in, because you're our special guest, Curtis, I will go Dan, Mickey, and then you. Got it. Um, if you want to clap, you can clap. That's what Bill does. <laughs> well, Bill is the Pentecost trivia, trivia champion. champion. <laughs> He's not true. Here. He can do what he wants. 